It was the spring of 1993. Bill Clinton had just become the 42nd president of the United States. Hulk Hogan had defeated Yokozuna at WrestleMania 9 to claim his fifth world championship. And most notably, I had made my way to Nashville to dethrone Garth Brooks as the undisputed king of country music. Let's start at the beginning. My name is James Ulysses Chase. Most people call me Jimmy. Some call me Big Jim. I spent the first 30 years of my life as an average everyday Joe in Jonesboro, Arkansas. I say average. In high school, I was a star baseball and football player and drove a sweet 79 Camaro. I really miss those years. I went to work immediately after graduation because that's just what people did and I was never the type to go against the grain. So that's what I did too. For 12 years, life was steady with each day almost exactly like the day before. I would drive to work, clock in, work my tail off, drive home and then drink a Bud Light or two or three then call it a night. Then the sun would rise and I would do it all over again. Until one day something, or I guess someone, changed all that. It was an early Tuesday morning in late April, and just like any other weekday, I was in my truck on my way to work. It felt, looked, and smelled just like any other boring day. Until right as I was headed through the gates of the factory, a song called Should Have Been a Cowboy by Toby Keith came on the radio. I thought it was pretty good. I liked it enough to let it finish before I turned off my engine and headed into the building. It was pretty catchy. So catchy, in fact, it stayed in my head the entire shift through my ride home, through dinner, and as I lay in my bed staring at the ceiling. I stared into the darkness and repeated the chorus a hundred times until I was left with just the first few words, should have been, should have been, should have been, should have been. I laid there and wondered what I should have been. I thought about my childhood how I always did what my parents wanted, how I always played it safe, should have been. What should I have been? I thought about how although I love sports, I always loved music, and how I impressed a few people that had heard me sing. Should have been. What should I have been? I asked myself this question until I fell asleep. That night, I dreamt I was on a big stage singing my heart out while a sea of fans chanted my name. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. It was a short but sweet dream, one a person never forgets. I woke up the next morning grinning from ear to ear. 
I stared at myself and my giant grin in the mirror. The man in the mirror knew exactly what he had to do. I didn't hesitate. Something inside me wouldn't let me overthink things, so I packed a bag and hopped in my truck and pointed the wheels toward Nashville. No thinking about the consequences, no worrying about the people I was leaving behind, just going. My life in Jonesboro was over. The first two hours of the four-hour trip felt like an eternity. Although I was dead set on going to Nashville and giving country music my all, flashes of the life I was leaving behind filled my head. I held the steering wheel tight and kept driving until I couldn't drive anymore. Halfway to Nashville, my beautiful blue Ford truck started smoking and squealing. After staring at my engine for what was probably an hour, I decided to spend my last $60 to get my truck towed to the nearest shop. So it would have to sit until I could make enough money in Nashville to have it fixed. Out of cash and with no ride, I did the only thing left to do. I put my thumb out and started walking north. Miraculously, after 45 minutes of walking, about 100 cars by me, an old Ford Bronco with an even older man pulled up and offered me a lift. You a good man? Yeah, I think so. Think? It'd be a lot better if you knew. Yes, sir. I know. I'm a good man. I couldn't blame him for looking me up and down for a good five minutes. Get in. All right. Thank you, sir. He was a quiet man. Didn't really tell me much about himself, except that his name was George. And he was on his way to Knoxville to see his daughter, who was grown and had three children of her own. I did most of the talking, telling him about my plan to become a big star. By the end of the two-hour ride, he probably thought I was crazy though he didn't say it. Thanks for the ride. You take care of yourself. Here. He reached across the seat and tried to hand me a crisp $100 bill. Oh no, I couldn't. You need it more than me. It will help keep a roof over your head for a few days at least. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll pay you back. Give me your address so I can mail you a check. You don't have to. Just promise me. Uh, okay. That dream of yours. Promise me you'll give it all you got. Done. I promise. You'll hear me on the radio one day. Alright, I really hope so. 
Good luck. Thank you, sir. And he was gone. A guardian angel of sorts. As he drove away, I was convinced God put him on the road that day. Then I quickly wrote down a song idea in my notebook. I scribbled down Angel on the Road and Hitchhike to Heaven. As he drove into the distance, I muttered, I won't let you down, George. I won't let you down. He dropped me off at the Motel 6 on the outskirts of town. Said he had stayed there years ago on a business trip. I guessed it was something else entirely back in those days, because from what I could tell, it housed only burnouts and bugs. Room 124 was my temporary home, but I could barely call it a home. It had just enough to get me by. Four dirty white walls, a queen-sized bed with a dingy maroon bedspread, and a TV with four channels. That's it. Leno. I miss Johnny. I watched TV for a little while, then took off my shoes, socks, and jeans, and hopped in bed. Hello? How'd you find me? No. I don't want to talk about this right now. I have to do this, Steph. If I would have told you, you would have tried to stop me. I'm sorry. I am. But I'm not coming home. Okay, now the cat's out of the bag. I didn't want to tell you I had a wife at the beginning of the story because I didn't want you to think I was a bad guy because I'm not. Stephanie was my high school sweetheart. I'll never forget the first day I saw her in freshman English. She had just moved to town. The day she showed up with her feathered blonde, Farrah Fawcett hair and Daisy Dukes, the boys just went nuts. I mean, they just stared and stared. She was like something out of a magazine. Nobody had the guts to talk to her. On a dare, I went over and introduced myself. And the rest, as they say, is history. After we got out of school, getting married was just a no-brainer. I didn't really think about things then. Didn't really plan anything out. I mean, she was great. She was a great woman. But 12 years just wasn't enough to keep me from chasing my dreams to Nashville. You probably hate me now. I get it. You'll love me when this is all done. I promise. Just hang in there, okay? 
You just listened to Nashville 93, a Story Heard production. For more info or to find out how you can support the show, please visit storyheard.com.